I think we'll, we'll probably be north of 10. We'll probably be somewhere between 10 and 20 million in our raise. And I think that'll really put us on a trajectory to, to transform the landscape of this, of this particular asset. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We've got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Lawrence Satsky. He's the CEO of Incentify. He's an accomplished high-tech CEO with a track record of successfully managing high-performing companies and teams. Most recently, Lawrence was CEO and founder of Hopscotch, a SaaS-based venture-backed mobile application development platform company in the sports and entertainment space. Lawrence, are you ready to take us to the top? It's nice to meet you, Nathan. I'm excited to be here. You bet. Thanks for uh, thanks for making the time. Now, look, uh, tax R&D and credits is a hot space. Entrepreneurs know they're owed something, but they don't want to spend the time combing through tax law to figure out what they're owed. How are you playing in the space? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting one. So credits and incentives um, is, is, is almost like a developing space in a sense. They've been out there for quite some time. There's literally a trillion dollars of credits and incentives that are out there and available for various organizations. And, and we're trying to democratize uh, the process by which people can discover, manage, and monetize these credits and incentives. So we've developed a, an incredible platform, a purpose-built solution specifically for this space where uh, companies can come, they can find the credits and incentives that might be owed to them, and they can work with us and their advisors uh, to, to work their way through and stay in compliance and actually monetize these, these, these this important asset class. And again, it's a very hot space. There's a lot of companies in this space. Is your onboarding very similar to the rest? People are connecting their payroll, their bank accounts, and you're sort of combing data to, to, to find these rewards. Is that accurate? Um, a little bit different for us. We've been focused. There are a couple of companies that are working in the, in the, smaller, in the smaller spaces, in the uh, startup space, in the SMB space. We're focused primarily in the enterprise space with big Fortune 500 companies. We have about 30 uh, Fortune 500 companies that we found on our own. We also signed a, a pretty big deal with a big advisory firm, and we're onboarding in the process of onboarding more than 100 of their customers on our platform. So we're a little, a little bit different, not necessarily connecting into to payroll. Our companies usually work with big ERPs like SAP and Oracle, Oracle Financials, uh, but a similar process nonetheless. I see. Okay. So got it. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah, so the main streets of the world might be focused on SMBs, right? You're way more enterprise level, Fortune 500, 30 out of 500 so far. That's right. We are we are so far. Although we are seeing that our our platform is strong enough and easy enough to use that we can start moving downstream. For now, we're focused on the on the enterprise. We certainly intend to move downstream um, as as time goes on. 
And so what's the sales pitch there, right? You know, you're finding tax credits. You're saying, Nathan, your company is owed $535,000 because of tax credits X, Y, and Z. Where can you add additional value so people will pick you over other competitors who are finding the exact same credits available? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So the our process is just, is a little bit different. If you think about big Fortune 500 companies, they're building distribution centers, warehouses, retail stores. Uh, they're building sustainable energy projects like wind farms. They're doing all these big, big capital expenditure projects. What we often find is the tax departments don't have the time, nor do they usually have dedicated resources to identifying and securing all of the credits and incentives in a particular space. So that's really where we step in. So our sales pitch sounds something like this. You guys are probably owed quite a bit of money from the government for either projects that you worked on in the past or projects that you have planned to work on in the future. You can certainly work with one of the big advisors, Ryan, or one of the big four or somebody like that. But what our product does is it actually injects technology, looks at all of your site locations, and then helps to figure out exactly where uh, credits and incentives could be owed to you. It's It's not too unlike like a rocket mortgage. So instead of going directly to a bank to try to secure a mortgage for your house, you go to rocket mortgage, you put in some information, rocket mortgage then goes out and finds all the primary, secondary home equity loans, whatever it is that, that a particular uh, uh, buyer or, or um, borrower needs. It's very similar to that. And Lawrence, how are folks paying you? Is it a one-time fee? You're getting 10% of any recovered funds or is there a SaaS product here too? Yep. Ours is also a little different than Main Street and, and the others that you mentioned. They're mostly working on a success fee. For us, we are a, we are a uh, software as a service company. We're not oh, wow, an advisor. Okay. So we do, we do take a, a monthly fee from the, uh, from the client to use our, to use our product. What is that on average? Well, I know it's probably a huge range. What's an average? Uh, our average price is around ten thousand uh, dollars and ten thousand dollars a month for some okay. big big enterprise customers. We've seen tremendous ROI from uh, from it. However, mm-hmm. is there a portion of that fee that is tied to funds you recover from the government, or is it tied to something else? Yeah, so so not necessarily tied to that um, uh, as a success fee, so to speak. For us, we just ensure, and our clients don't pay us until they know that they can at least clear the amount of, amount of money that they're paying us and then some. Yep, fair enough. Love that. And, and give me the backstory here. When did you guys launch the Actually, you have to tell us the backstory here because I don't think you're one of the original founders, but when did the original founders launch the business? Yeah, so the original founder is a gentleman named Brett Markinson, who's a who's a, uh, a very successful entrepreneur. He was the the, the guy behind a hot look that sold to Nordstrom. He was the guy behind uh, LowerMyBills.com that sold to Experian. So just an incredible track record of, of identifying spaces that were underserved and, and getting into those spaces in a, in a really big way. So he the, the backstory is he was actually playing golf with the son of Max Factor from the, uh, from the cosmetics industry. And they were talking about uh, credits and incentives for their own personal uh, financial planning. And then that kind of got him into, hmm, maybe this is something for a business. Hmm, maybe I should start a business. And then as soon as it became more of a SaaS company, he brought me in. I just... Well, hold on. So what year was that? When did the business launch? So the business launched about five years ago, but it was more of a uh, marketplace for uh, transferable tax credits. He then realized that there was a better market for um, uh, to build a SaaS company out of this instead of building an exchange. We pivoted the company. I was hired in about a year and a half ago, and we've been we've been on, a, on just a rocket ship ride ever since then. Got it. So early 2020, you joined the business. Um, and, and what was the thinking there? I mean, there are founders listening right now that maybe are tired, want to bring in another CEO, but they're worried about the signal that sends to the market. How did you guys make sure that transition was smooth, especially being venture backed? 
Well, um, well, we were really more bootstrapped than venture backed. Uh, we haven't, we have not taken an institutional round yet. We're, we're certainly, you know, considering that this year, just with the trajectory and growth uh, and sort of where we sit. Um, well, right, the, sorry, correct me if I'm wrong here. Sorry, my research might be wrong. Did did, did Ryan LLC they didn't put in four point three million dollars? Ryan did put in money as a as a strategic round, but we're, we we are not yet calling that a, a Series A. We haven't taken an institutional round yet from a from a VC. I but see. You're right. But yeah, you've they raised, did. You have raised four point three million, just not That's a traditional pre seed seed Series A sort of style. Correct. You're you're exactly correct. Yeah. So okay. so I think I think for founders that are listening, um, I think the idea was bring someone in that has a lot of experience running these types of software companies. My whole career, I started <clears> early in my career management consulting, but quickly realized that my my passion was really sales. I I I worked as a salesperson, a sales manager, chief revenue officer for venture-backed companies for the last 10 years. My la- and then I started my last company myself as a CEO, successfully sold that. So I've got the good, got a strong track record. And I think the founders realized that uh, better to put somebody in the seat that that has sort of done this before, uh, has relationships in the in the VC space, knows how to run a SaaS company, hire in the right people, um, and it's been it's been great ever since. Great relationship with uh, with, with Brett and 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 another co-founder, uh, and and really we're just on a on a great trajectory now. Yeah, founders listening, go. I want to get a CEO of the quality of Lawrence. How the heck do I have to incentivize a guy <laughs> like that? I mean, can you obviously don't tell me specifics, but the, to the degree you can, I mean, can you tell me? It's obviously comp plus equity. I mean, did you get more or less than ten percent equity in the business? <laughs> Can't share my cap table with you, but uh, they, they they paid me well. I've got a great equity stake um, in in the company, and I will tell you, like I've got this book over sitting over my right shoulder here. You know, start with why. I think for me. I was more interested in finding a company uh, that had a real strong why message, a real a real passion project for me. I've done a lot of things. I've had some success in my career, which which is all great. But I really want to do something where I could I could give back a little bit too. Now, while we're on this sort of rocket ship ride, the great thing about uh, credits and incentives is that it really does uh, help society. It helps it helps Main Street America. I love the name Main Street from one of our competitors because uh, they're kind of doing the same thing. Uh, but it's it's you know things like sustainable yeah, Lawrence, energy. You, you kind of play right into their their storyline, right? Sure, sure, yeah, sure, sure I mean, do. It. You, you that, talked that, earlier that, though about like most of your companies though are Fortune 500, right? So I mean this that's can't right. Be that's right. Your yeah, story, that, your enterprise. That's right. That's right. So I, I mean there, there's more than enough room for both of us to both of us to play. But we do talk about that. We do talk about Main Street America because things like affordable housing, things like sustainable energy, things like. Um, uh, building in depressed neighborhoods, things like coronavirus relief bills and tax credits and incentives there. All those things are really important to the American economy. All those things get Americans back to work as well as, as well, well, we're international as well, as well as global, global folks back to work. Those things are really important to me. If I can say that my technology had a hand in building a wind farm uh, off off the coast of uh, off the coast of California, that's that's changing the landscape of uh, coal based fuel over to sustainable fuel. Then I I can I can kind of look my kids in the eye and say that I'm I'm doing a good thing in the world. So or a and, distribution center in West Virginia that created a thousand jobs that wouldn't exist without your credit. That's exactly correct. That's exactly yeah. correct, Nathan. Talk to me about customer growth. So you weren't there in the early days in 2016. So I won't ask about how you got your first couple customers. But today you mentioned 30 out of the Fortune 500. How many total customers are you serving today? So we have about fifty customers today. The majority of them, of course, in the in the Fortune five hundred, which is which is great. And then I mentioned we we did sign a deal with Ryan. They did invest in our company, and we're pretty close to rolling out a hundred over a hundred of their. Uh, the target's one hundred and twenty five. We're at just about a hundred now of their customers using our product as well, which is amazing for a smaller company like mine, as I'm sure you know, being able to see that many different industries and how all these different folks are using our product is invaluable to us as well. 
Yeah, I mean that's one of the reasons you take the strategic investment there. And I mean by 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 their customers, I assume you mean all the builders that they work with, or the developers, or the th- things of that nature. Is that what you mean? Well, Ryan Ryan is not a not a not a builder per se. They're an, they're an advisor, uh, very similar to the big four. They're actually the, the fifth largest in the world in terms of advisory services. And so they have they do have builders, but they have a, a, just about any industry you can imagine. They've got uh, they've got customers in, and they're doing a lot of work in a lot of different industries. They're they're leveraging our technology so that so that they have the best technology and the best advisory services, and they can really serve their customers in a way that they never had before, I as well as as well as tether those customers to Ryan using this advanced technology. I see. Okay. That makes sense. Flesh out your team for me. How many folks on the team today? We've got, uh, we've got about 25, 25 folks on the team, majority on the tech side. Uh, we, we just um, hired a, a number of new folks on the enterprise sales side, which has been great for a, for a while there. It was just kind of me running around selling a lot of stuff. Now we actually have a, a professionalized, uh, professionalized sales team. Uh, and, and it's been, it's been really fun for the folks that have come over. We, we, we intentionally hired folks out of the, um, out of the kind of the treasury management space, folks that were very comfortable talking to a CFO, a controller, tax team. Uh, and those guys have all done great. They've got fat pipelines and, and we're starting to really bring in a lot of deals. 25 total. How many engineers? We've got uh, 10 engineers all um, all in LA, uh, so we don't have anyone, no, nobody offshore quite yet. Uh, I don't know if we'll build offshore or not. My last company, we had a big offshore operation. This one, this one, we've done all uh, sort of inside of uh, inside of the American walls, so to speak. And how many of those sales reps you said you had on the team are actually carrying a quota? So we've got uh, four quota carrying reps right now, as well as uh, a couple of um, SDRs to support those to support those reps. How do you set this up, right? I mean, this is the first big, I think, like real scaling mechanism for early stage SaaS companies. Is if you can figure out the mechanics of how your sales team is going to work, you can scale to 50, 100 million bucks in revenue, right? Scaling that up. So how did you set quota for your first reps? How do you think about that? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. So, so what we did was we made, we hired mm-hmm. one person first uh, and we made sure that person was productive. I think that's a really important lesson for all the founders that are listening in, in today. You define that when you say productive, I mean, what quota they had half a million their first year, a million their first year, what is productive? Right. So, so for us, uh, we're looking for our guys to sell uh, a quarter of a million dollars a quarter, which is not that hard to do because you figure it's like two or three for us, it's two or three deals. Our deal sizes are, are yeah. pretty large. Uh, so two or three deals is, is what we're looking for. So by productive, what I mean is they have um, they're 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 productive every day at the top of the funnel, pulling things through all the way to the all the way to the bottom of the funnel. We have an SDR, uh, one SDR sales development rep for for every two of our um, uh, uh, quota carrying account executives. And the idea is that those two those those folks work together. That team of three works together to ensure that they have a certain number of discovery calls that are set up. So our, our, our metrics in terms of pro- productivity are a minimum of five discovery calls per week, which should translate to uh, three um, full presentations and demos. And, and one of those three, we, in, in terms of our metrics, one of those three should move on into the funnel in sort of starting the, starting the deal cycle. So as long as we have folks that are at, at that pace, then we realize we can hire more, hire more, sales, hire more sales folks in. It scales. Yeah. I mean, when you get a sense that that works, then you start going about how do I put fuel on the fire? Maybe you're already there. Are you planning to raise this year? We are probably going to raise Q4. We we're already profitable, but if we want to kind of, if we want to kind of take ourselves to a a point of really being able to attack the market, we are going to need to raise. And we've we've been talking to some VCs, uh, a a bunch of VCs have been very helpful to me. And I've been talking to them over, over the past uh, six months. In fact, I'd say that's another really good lesson 
that I learned my first company versus now is talk to VCs early, make sure they know who you are and make sure they understand your story. Because when you when you need money, it's always tough to find it. When you don't need it, it's it certainly is a lot easier. Uh, we're seeing that we're seeing that here now. We don't need the money, but there's a lot of folks out there that would love to participate in this story. And again, I think it's because of the why. I think it's because we're really going to be able to change uh, the U.S. international economy through credits and in, through credit and incentive monetization. How much do you think you'll raise? It's a great. It's a great question. Um, it's one that I talk about with my my chairman, the the uh, the founder Brett Markinson, quite a bit. Um, it, it it's always the careful counterbalance. We don't want to. I think it depends on what sort of evaluation we can get. Like luckily for now, for us, knock on wood, we're at, we're at an excellent quarter over quarter trajectory. Uh, so I'm hoping that we can command a, a high valuation. I, I'm sure you know, since you've talked about Main Street a couple of times, they just raised at a five hundred million dollar valuation uh, and took sixty million dollars. So that's you know eleven percent. Uh, dilution or so for 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 that much money is is not bad. So we have to sort of see where we'll where, where we'll end up um, and and what we can raise and what type of dilution it'll take in. But my guess is it'll be it'll be a he- it'll be a heavy round. Mm-hmm. What do you consider? I mean, can you give me a range? I understand you you're still figuring this out, but are you talking like north of ten million, south of ten million, maybe five to ten million? Can you give me a range? I think we'll we'll probably be north of ten. We'll probably be somewhere between ten and twenty million in our raise, and I think that'll really put us on a trajectory to to transform the landscape of this of this particular asset. And where do you anticipate sort of pouring that fuel on the fire? Is it the sales motion? Is it more engineering? Is it something else? All of the above? Yeah, I think it's 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 all of the above. We'll we will need to continue. Our our product is is outstanding. Um, I'm act, I'm actually so impressed. When I interviewed for the for the role, uh, one of the top um, recruiters here in LA, you know, asked me to take a look at it, and I looked at the product and I was like, this is amazing. These guys have raised. This is before the Ryan uh, the Ryan deal, so they've raised no money, completely bootstrapped, and the product was was outstanding. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen the I've seen the opposite quite a bit. I've I've been the part of a number of companies where the sales team was amazing, but the product was was kind of lagging. A lot of I, I call it sales fair dust was sold. In this case, the product is amazing. Uh, and we just had to sort of build out the business and the, and the um, uh, infrastructure infrastructure side. So I think, um, I think the, we will use the funds to continue to enhance the product, drive features into the product, of course, hire a bigger sales team, spend more money in marketing, spend more money with, with PR, uh, and really get, the, get our message out, get our product built, and get it, get it into as many hands as we possibly can. Lawrence, you mentioned earlier average deal price of $10,000 per month and then chatted about your 50 customers today. Can I multiply those two together? You guys are north of $500,000 a month in revenue. Yeah, we're pretty close to that. That's great. You can you think you can break it this year? Will we break it this year? You think you can break it this year? I think we'll be pretty close to it, yep. Yeah, I'm just doing backwards math. I'm going, okay, if he wants to raise 10 to 20 million and only send, sell 10 to 15% of the business, he's got to command and tell a story of a $100 million to $200 million valuation. <laughs> so he's, he's got to get up past seven, eight, nine million bucks in terms of run rate, which would be five, six, seven, eight, 800 grand a month. So we'll yep. see if you can do it. It's certainly a hot space. The enterprise focus is compelling. We'll see what happens. In the meantime, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? My favorite business book, of course, is uh, Start With Why. It's sitting right over here. Simon Simon Sinek, the latest one. Love to talk about it. Love to find companies that uh, that have a strong why. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? The CEO I'm following. Well, you know, Jack Dorsey is uh, is is definitely one of the one of the coolest guys that I could possibly follow. Love to see all the stuff he's doing. Not sure I understand all the decisions he makes, like buying buying things like Jay Z's uh, streaming company and things like that. But I love love following the guy. He's entertaining. He's interesting, personally and professionally. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? Uh, I, it's got it right now. It's got to be Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Number four, how many, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? 
not a, not enough. I, I work out uh, pretty heavily. My trainer is on on top of me for my sleep. I'm I'm at about five hours a night. I gotta get I gotta get that up. I just can't seem to find a way. And what's your situation, Lawrence? Married, single, kiddos? Uh, single, divorced. I've got uh, I've got three kids. Three kiddos. And how old are you? How old am I? Yeah. Four, uh, 45. 45. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Something I wish I knew when I was 20. Um, I think I w- uh, wish I knew when I was 20. I think I wish I knew um, that I uh, you, you don't want to raise too much money when you're in a venture capital company. Uh, you want to make sure that you're balancing the amount you raise with the amount that you, the amount that you need. Guys, there you have it. Lawrence, getincentivized.com, helping enterprises, Fortune 500 brands understand what R&D credits they can get for building in underserved areas or other incentives the government is offering. Hoping to rate $500,000 a month in revenue this year as I look to continue to scale 50 customers today. Average price point, call it 10 grand a month, 25 on the team. They basically bootstrap nothing, actually nothing institutional, I should say, because they've raised 4.2 million from a strategic. As I look to scale, maybe raising Q4 this year, we'll see what happens. Lawrence, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan. That was a lot of fun.